We went to the Royal Palace in Stockholm. Kelly, how long we were there? Probably about an hour and a half uh, walking around. It was too long. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast, brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, we got another review to read on the air. Are you excited? Yay! You know I love these reviews. Yeah. Even though Sam is a bit under the weather, these reviews bring her some joy. So thank you for that. So this one today comes from Island Walker, who writes, The Real Scoop. This is where you go for insightful comments and everything you need to know for your DCL investment. So thank you for that, Island Walker. Short to the point. We love it. Uh, Thank you for that review. Yeah. Am I the insightful one or is Brian the insightful one? That's what I want to know. Everyone knows the answer to that question. Everyone knows the answer to that question. Uh, (laughs) I also just wanted to take a minute to acknowledge some very, very special folks who help make this show possible each and every month. And that is our Patreons. If you have have not heard of our Patreon program, if you'd like to help support this show, you can always head over to patreon.com slash DCL duo to check it out. And what I want to do really fast is just acknowledge our Patreons on the air as we like to do from time to time as a thank you for all the support that they bring to our show. So in no particular order here, I just want to thank Derek Sassman, Sean Burns, Thomas Rogers, Ann Witten, Dennis Keithley, Robbie and Jillian Abney, Lauren Rice, Brian Call, Ashley Darling, Cindy Leichner, Doug Young, Ashley Norton, Adrian Vanzuli, and Emily Vanzuli, Drew Curry and Haley Curry, of course, C.T. Sweek, Christopher Vorabek, Daily MTB writer who we know as Josh Wilson, the villain of the show, Dave Hale, Brett Gresham, Chad Swindoll, Jonathan Hiles, Steve Creasy, Jeffrey Federson, Jennifer Swart, Chris Braga, and Steve Elsis. Thank you all so much for your support. And again, if you're interested in helping to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash DCL Duo. With that, we got some great guests lined up tonight, don't we, Sam? Yeah, we have friends here. I love this. These are friends we met cruising on DCL um, back in December. I can't believe we have only known them for about nine months now. It seems like we've known them forever. And funny enough, when we met them, we had realized that we had actually been on several of the same sailings prior to that. Um, And now we've sailed with them a couple of times on intentionally. Um, And so we're very happy. Well, I'd say intentionally, meaning that not just sort of random accidentally. Thanks. And, uh, you know, the other day I went back in my photos and I was like, wait, that's Brian. On Castaway Key, way back when we didn't know you. And I was laughing um, that uh, we just seemed to be fated to meet each other eventually. And we did. It's been great. Right? I feel like it was meant to be. Kelly, we're so excited to have you on the show as well um, for the very first time. We should also mention at the top of the show, you are now a travel agent with My Path Unwinding Travel as well. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Well... We are excited because we're going to be talking about a Northern European cruise that you all did that we got to follow along with a bit and loved every second of it. But before we do, we have to get your, I know, rather extensive Disney Cruise Line background, perhaps in abbreviated form, because it might take us all night to get through all the cruises that you all have done. Life goals here for us. But uh, let us know what your background is with Disney Cruising. Let me throw that over to you, Craig, because I know you have it memorized by heart by now. 
Uh, well, you know, I thought it was 34, but it's 33 uh, as of, what, two weeks ago. And today, Kelly said we have to go on one in two weeks. Life goals, your wife just texts you and you go on a cruise. We have a Friday off. Yeah, I have a Friday <laughs> off. So, you know, we're so you just have to cruise, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> uh, been on all, all of Disney's ships. We're on the Maiden on the Wish and have some really cool things like the 14-night uh, Panama, which is what really hooked us, was 14 nights on the Wonder after which we didn't turn back. Uh, have you done any other... Well, you couldn't have... I don't think you've done any other maiden voyages. That That's probably not in the cards. No. Uh, in fact, I said we had 33 voyages. I sh- probably shouldn't say 33 voyages in like, oh, I don't know, five years. Like <laughs> uh, uh, is it six at most? Out, um, you're outpacing us and people think we're crazy. So there you go. Well, uh, to... To be fair, you all do live in the Orlando area. And so getting down to Port Canaveral for a three-night sailing is a lot more convenient, let's say, for you all than for us. But you used to live in Washington, not too far from us. And so it is still pretty amazing how many cruises you guys have done in in that amount of time. Um, but you also have, like we, you mentioned, the Panama Canal cruising, this cruising, and several other, you know, seven-night or, um, you know, longer than three-night cruisings. Yeah, we did a bunch of seven-nights on the Fantasy, especially after restart. I think 23 of our cruises are since COVID restart, if that'll give you an idea of how quickly it accelerated once we moved to Florida. Uh, we had 10 before that, uh, and they were mostly longer because out of Seattle, we went down to San Diego usually, and would take a seven night, or that's where Panama started from. It just wasn't worth the trip. In fact, one time we did a two night, we will never do that again, right? That, that was not worth it. Anybody's asked, it's not worth it. You get on the ship, you get off, and, and you cry at the end. Trust me, you really cry. Well, I can't, I can't begrudge people a two-night sailing because it puts them one step closer to Pearl status, potentially. So, you know, if that's what you're going for, I agree. It's a sad day when you can get the, on the cruise ship with just a backpack. But, uh, uh, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, we're going to be talking about a extended Northern Europe sailing this time around. And so a fabulous, fabulous cruise. Let's start with how did you all land on this sailing? And uh, why don't you give folks a preview of the sort of the length of the cruise and, and where it went? Uh, we did seven nights Copenhagen round trip, and it went to Stockholm, Oslo, Fredericia, and Kiel. And it wasn't my dream cruise, to be honest, but I've never been to the Nordic countries, um, and I just wanted to see Europe. It was just a fun opportunity, and I heard great things about Copenhagen, so... Well, it may not have been your dream cruise, but it was on the dream. That's that's yes, for sure. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who had the who had the idea to do this sailing? Was it you, Craig? Well, Kelly loves Europe, and I must say that I was looking at the special offers which come out every Friday. So I might every Friday refresh the website for some odd reason, and it popped up, uh, and it was a Europe sailing seven nights, and it had an amazing deal on Veronica. It's like okay, you know that stateroom makes sense for us. Uh, we can get there. Now, what I didn't do, which was a mistake, is look at how expensive airfare was until after I paid for the cruise. We'll talk about that later. But I knew that Kelly would want to go to the Nordics. But why it wasn't her dream cruise was she really wanted the 10 night out of Southampton, not the 7. But kids are back in school at that point for us. And so we just can't make it work because we really want to do all the way up in Iceland and a little bit longer cruise one. Yeah, that that makes some sense. That makes some sense for sure. Why don't you uh, let folks know who's in your sailing party for this cruise? So myself, Kelly, then we have our 
now 10 year old. She was two weeks from turning 10 when we went on the cruise. So it was partially her birthday cruise, fully my birthday cruise. The other reason we picked this one was my birthday was on board. Uh, and then our soon to be eight-year-old should be eight in two weeks when we record this. So that's our, our traveling party. Uh, I am outnumbered, uh, yeah. mostly females in the house, but uh, we have a lot of fun moving to Chris. And was this the first time for your kids to head over to Europe? Uh, no, it's not. We did a 10-night Mediterranean on the Magic in 2019, and it was the hottest summer, and Emma had just broken her leg, and it was terrible. We went to Pompeii, and Pompeii is not recommended for wheelchairs, but it's also not recommended for strollers, and it was a terrible experience. Um, so we have to go back to make it better. How did the kids do with uh, the flight over? Like, how did you get over there? You mentioned some challenges with airfare, Craig. Uh, how early did you arrive? Did you spend some time in Copenhagen in advance? You know, all that sort of lead up to the cruise. You know, I figured we'd spoil the family. And, and so we said, okay, you know what? We'll, the kids might not sleep as well unless we get them a bed. So we did, you know, lie flat seats. Uh, I fly a lot for work. So mostly use points. Uh, it made sense. What I didn't realize is the kids slept about an hour on the flight. Right? They just they just wouldn't settle down, especially Emma. Um, she got maybe an hour, hour and a half of sleep. So we planned to get there a day early, get there around noon, one o'clock, and spend the day exploring Copenhagen. Uh, we got there at that time, went to the hotel, and didn't want to leave. Right? We were just too tired because the kids didn't get much sleep, and we'd had a layover in Paris, and they were just just exhausted. So best laid plans. Didn't quite work out, but we were lucky when we got there. Uh, we pre-booked our hotel through Disney, and it, our room was nice, which was a blessing. We got to there, go right to the room, uh, spend some time there, and then we we walked around the city a little bit. I can't remember what we did that day for food. We walked around the canal area. I think we just ended up eating at them. And Copenhagen, I will say, is a beautiful city. Oh yeah, we ate at the Hard Rock that night because, of course, you eat American food when you're in Denmark. And uh, there's a, a, a plaza in. Copenhagen, right over by Tivoli Gardens, which if you don't know is the uh, is the amusement park that I jokingly called American Plaza because everything on the plaza was an American chain from 7-Eleven through McDonald's on the other side. It was just all American food and American chains. That's where we went the first night and uh, then just slept. Really had hoped the kids would get more sleep though. Yeah. Listen, when you've got kids traveling with you, particularly younger kids, you just eat wherever they're going to eat. Even if you want to explore local cuisine, you sometimes have to pivot. Now, did the cruise leave the next morning or did you have another day to actually do some touristy stuff? The cruise left the next morning and we had an earlier booking crew. They had just kind of in stealth rolled out the boarding group two for Pearl. So they hadn't announced it, but our boarding group changed from 11 to two without us doing anything. And so we went from having a late boarding time to an earlier boarding time. And I'll say, if, if my boarding time says early, I'm going to get on the ship because that's where I want to be. I love it there. Um, so we went fairly early uh, the next day. And, and how did you get from the hotel to the port? Did, uh, I assume since you booked the hotel through Disney, you used Disney transportation? So we booked Disney transportation and then we didn't end up taking it from the hotel, which is a, a funny, funny thing there. We um, had every plan to and we had them take our luggage and there were just so many people downstairs. There were probably a couple hundred people downstairs waiting for the buses. And there were taxis lined up out front. And we just did kind of the math in our head of, it's going to take us probably close to two hours to get a bus and get to the port. Or the port's 15 minutes away by taxi. We verified that they were going to take our bags. They said, yes, we'll still take your bags. They'll meet you on the ship. 
And then we just we ended up taking a taxi, which turned out to be very easy in Copenhagen. It's probably what I would do next time rather than the pre-booked Disney transfers, at least to this. I don't know what you would say to that, Heather. Oh, also, uh, we stayed at the Marriott and there was only one set of elevator banks and it didn't go all the way or um, you had people leaving to go on ships and then you had people coming from cruises and so you had people wanting to go downstairs and people wanting to go upstairs. And there is such a backlog of guests wanting to use the elevators. We thought we would use the stairs, but the stairs don't go all the way to the lobby without sounding an alarm. <laughs> we were trapped. Well, uh, it reminded me of the wish when you take an elevator up to go down because they're so full. Yeah. That's what we ended up doing. European elevators are notoriously small too. So it's like, it's impossible to get all your luggage in. I mean, Sam and I have been in an elevator in London where it was like us, our two suitcases. And that was, that was pushing the limits of the elevator as it was. So I can only, only imagine. Kelly, how was the port experience out of Copenhagen? Was it pretty smooth and seamless process or uh, was there some disorganization there? Like how did, how did Disney do with the Embark experience out of the Copenhagen port? It was not very organized. Copenhagen's not a big part, but they do get cruises and it didn't seem like they were ready for us. And we waited, we had to wait outside in lines and it was about 45 minutes to an hour before they would let you go inside the terminal. They let the concierge guests go in and then they held everybody and it was another 30 minutes before they let anyone else go in. What was your port arrival time and, and what time did you get into the terminal and then what time did you board? Port arrival was the earliest, which was 11. Uh, we got let inside at 11.45. But the funny part is we got let inside at 11.45, had some difficulties at the check-in counter because in, in Europe, they have everybody go up to a counter, check your passports. They couldn't find us. So we'd been checked in outside. We get up to the check-in counter. The person helping us just can't find us. And we end up having to flag down a Disney, an actual Disney employee, who goes, oh yeah, they're on the wrong voyage. So I think it was just people aren't used to Disney there. Still into two cruises a year out of Copenhagen, and so not used to it. Once we were through that, I think it was only about 10 minutes before everybody was on the ship. It was just that initial getting everybody through and to where we were seated took a really long time for everybody. Yeah, and just just to clarify, because we've I know we've talked about this before. Uh, when you say they were on the wrong voyage, the staff checking people in had loaded the wrong voyage, and we're trying to check people in against a manifest that nobody was on because they were yes. on the wrong sailing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So their little iPad was on the sailing before, the sailing after somehow, and we gave them our cabin number or save room number. They're like, "No, that's not you. What's your last name? Yeah, your last name's not on the manifest." And it's funny because in your people, I'm sure you're used to this, are very matter of fact. And so that's how matter of fact they were. And I said, well, we got in the door and they checked us in. She's like, well, my supervisor can't find you. And I finally had to say, could you please go ask that person right there? Now, I'll admit we sail a lot. So we kind of knew the person that from Disney that was there because we'd seen him before. And so he came over and it was about 10 seconds and it was all cleared up and, and off we went. But I forgot to ask in the hotel that Disney booked you into, were you able to stay in one room or did you have to get two rooms? Because I know sometimes the hotels have smaller rooms in Europe that won't necessarily accommodate families of four easily. Um, I think that's why we stayed at the Marriott because that was the only hotel that was still available that was housed at night and it would hold all of us. So it had two double beds, which was plenty for one night. 
And it wasn't available except through Disney. So that's the other thing. Like the, there were no hotels that would hold us in one room available at all, even months out, except through the cruise line. You're right. It's really common in Europe, hard to find a four person hotel room. What, what kind of stateroom did you end up booking on the ship itself for the, the voyage? Um, we got a veranda and it was a pretty good price. Um, we were hoping to upgrade, but there are no upgrades at port. So we stayed in our veranda. It was it was it a regular family or family deluxe, do you remember? Uh, I think it was a regular family. A regular veranda, not even a family. Um, so it's a regular veranda. Although I won't complain, we booked a VGT, uh, veranda guaranteed rate, so very inexpensive. And we got a 5A, um, if you're not familiar, which is the highest category of regular veranda room. Uh, interesting, a lot of folks did end up with uh, that books that rate got family rooms. Uh, I don't complain. Got a great room. I mean, we got a great location. A little bit smaller, but hey, I, I'm used to being close to my family, I guess. Yeah. Well, and in Europe, I think the room kind of matters less as long as it can hold everyone comfortably because you're spending usually so much time in the ports. Although I know from talking to you recently on board The Wish, you had a, at least one port where that was uh, not the case. Uh, we can talk about that in a second. But let's uh, let's dive into kind of the ports. We always like to, the ports are stars of the show in Europe. Uh, and so remind me, what was your first port uh, of call after Copenhagen? It was Kiel in Germany. And it was the very next day. And it is the gateway to Hamburg. Um, but I didn't go to Hamburg. I, I did a Disney port adventure to Lübeck, which it was a medieval megacity. And it looked pretty and I went by myself. And so it was nice to explore a city um, on my own without having to worry about kids being upset or hungry or tired. So so wait, Ke- Kelly went on a port adventure. Craig, did you stay on the ship with uh, with the kids then? I did. So one of the things about Europe is the excursions are really long, or the port adventures are really long in general. So it was an eight-hour port adventure. We didn't see anything that we thought the kids would like. In fact, I tried to get them to do a port adventure to a candy-making factory, and they said, no, I want to stay on the ship funny. So I stayed on the ship that whole day. Um, we just explored the ship, went to the pool a little bit, had a couple good meals and relaxed while Kelly uh, had a lot of fun in Germany. Yeah. So Ke- Kelly, what did the shore excursion entail? So you went to this medieval city, but like for that's a lengthy excursion. So what kinds of things did you get up to on the shore excursion itself? It was a half day and we went to the Hansa Museum, which sounds very exciting. So like Lufthansa, Hansa means a group of people traveling together. And it made sense back in medieval times. Um, and it was more like trade and the Hansa like was in control of city life back then. And Lubeck was like the jewel of the Hansa it was interesting. Um, the guide was dressed up in like 17th century clothing. And we went through this museum and there wasn't much time. It was pretty quick. You were guided through. And I had like five minutes to eat something from a cafe. And I wanted to practice my German. And it was really upsetting when they heard my accent and switched to English. And <laughs> this is not why I came to Germany. And then we did a tour of Lübeck, which is a beautiful city. Um, sadly, you didn't have much time on your own. The whole city was 
built out of stone because they had so many fires. And so um, I just looked at buildings made out of brick (laughs) and learned that the wealthy were upset that the poor had brick buildings. And so then they had the black brick buildings and that's supposed to be fancier. And now mind you, mind you, Kelly comes back and tells me it's the most exciting port of venture she's ever been on. Right. She gives you this. <laughs> she loves history. Uh, you know, she's amazing pictures actually, you know, I love pictures and, and it, it looked like a lot of fun. Um, but you know, it doesn't sound it when you think, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? So it was more. It was more of a. It was more of a historical city tour. Basically, you got through a museum and a city tour. Uh, it doesn't sound like they. So, so wait, how long was the tour overall? It was less than five hours. And my main concern with excursions on this cruise, they didn't allow for any on your own time. It wasn't very long, and um, it was way too quick. It was a small sample, and I wanted more. Um, it also doesn't sound like they gave you much time to eat, which is kind of interesting. I would think on a shore, on a shore excursion that crossed a meal period, they would give you some you know time to eat or plan in a meal, but it doesn't sound like that happened, which is unfortunate. Well, you you got back to the ship. Was there anything to do in and around the port itself, uh, or was it a pretty like industrial area that you couldn't just kind of step off and kind of be in a town? There wasn't very much. I did walk to Starbucks to look for mugs, but <laughs> they were all out. And I did get to practice my German and the guy didn't switch to English. So admitting that I also have a Starbucks mug obsession is what Kelly's doing. Uh, We try and get one everywhere we go. So she went to Starbucks to try and get a mug. And it turns out people on our cruise had gotten the last of them. Uh, So that's funny. Our cruise group was like, oh yeah, I got the last one, which was fine. We were happy for it. Oh, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. But Kelly walked all that way and then came back. And it it was just about all aboard time when she got back. Okay. You know, it wasn't that long. I think we left at 3.30, 4 o'clock. It was kind of an earlier departure. In fact, none of our uh, you know times in port was that long, which we were surprised by as we got on board. I think our latest might have been only like 5 o'clock or 6. Expected longer days in port, but they had us going really all over so quickly that every night was basically full speed to the next port. And, and so where do you head next? What's your next port? At sea. Our next, oh, our next port was a sea day, um, <laughs> which which was uh, which was Palo Day for us, right? So it was uh, Kiel, and then we got to spend the whole day up at sea uh, as we headed up to Stockholm. So next next port of call is Stockholm. Uh, did you do a Disney excursion there, or uh, what? What happened in Stockholm? We did. Um, we did a, a Disney excursion. Uh, it sounded really fun. It was the historical museum then the palace. So we, we took a bus about 45 minutes to Stockholm and we really wanted some on your own time in Stockholm. In fact, it was on the schedule that we were going to get about 30 minutes on your own. This is great. It's going to be power packed, but we're going to get 30 minutes. Take the bus 45 minutes, went to an amazing museum. Now, I'm not the biggest history buff, but we went to a ship museum. Uh, Kelly, tell them about that ship because I think it was really funny, the story of the ship. Oh, it's um, it was the Vasa ship. And it's this beautiful Dutch-made ship. And the Dutch were great at building ships at the time. And it had like two rows of cannons. But the bottom cannon 
opening was too low. And so it sank within 20 minutes of setting sail. (laughs) And it was this beautiful ship and they found it hundreds of years later. Oh my goodness. At least they recovered it. That's kind of fun so that people could see it and see what a obviously engineering failure it was. But yeah, if it's beautiful, it's kind of cool though too to see. Yeah, for sure. 40 years rebuilding it. So they spent 40 years rebuilding it. Um, The story that made me laugh was uh, the mast used to stand in the harbor in Stockholm. And the king was so embarrassed that he went and had somebody cut the mast level with the water. So he didn't have his failure. Oh my Uh, goodness. But yeah, that that was fun. And then we got on the bus again. Uh, They offered us maybe 10 minutes at the museum to look around after they had walked us around. Uh, to use the bathroom and said, hey, there's no restrooms from here all the way until we get back to the ship, right? There's no, no restrooms at the palace to use. So make sure you use them, which we did. With kids, you, you use bathrooms anytime you can with the kids. Um, we went to the Royal Palace in Stockholm. Kelly, how long we were there? Probably about an hour and a half walking around it was too long (laughs) (laughs) i I love palaces but i think even for me especially for the kids you can only see so many wombs of porcelain and marble (laughs) yeah fancy people slept here yeah yeah exactly (laughs) those old style beds with the big posts on them but they're like really short beds because people were much smaller then right (laughs) and no air conditioning and it's Ugh. 90 degrees outside. Right? So the windows are open. It's hot. It's stuffy. You're walking around with all these people. So it's probably an hour and a half, two hours. And we walked out and we're like, yes, this is our on your own time. We're going to take the 30 minutes. We're going to see Stockholm. And the guide goes, we're going to Old Town. And you would think we're going to Old Town. That's really cool. Um, it was maybe 10 steps away. Right? We walked through and there were still some really cool sites. They showed the, the executioner's house. We got, what, five minutes on your own in the end. That's barely enough time to take a photo. (laughs) Correct. And then everybody was late for the bus because there was no on your own time. Right, because everybody essentially took on your own time even though they weren't supposed to. Yeah. How how did the kids do overall with this excursion? I'm just, I'm curious because, you know, this is a lot of, uh, you know, museum touring, palace touring, uh, which I which I think I'm thinking of our own son. I mean, he'd be like bored out of his mind at some point. But how are the kids doing? They loved the first museum. In fact, there was this great moment when the the guide asks, "How do you think this ship sank?" And Emma goes, "Oh, those holes are too close to the water, right?" And the guide was like shocked. Emma is our our uh, seven year old at this point, and Ellie was really supportive. She's like, "That's great, you got it." And so that was fun. About halfway through the palace, I think I heard. Are we done yet? Close to a hundred times by the time. <laughs> uh, are we, are we, yeah. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I'll turn yeah. this tour bus right around right now. I know I get it. Yeah. 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 Well, the ship museum does sound interesting. I did want to call out something you said that they spent 40 years rebuilding the ship. So if, uh, if any of you Disney Cruise Line fans out there think they take a little too long to make ships these days, uh, just imagine what it could have been. So the port for the ship that day, let me ask the same question I asked before. Could you have gotten off and just wandered around someplace? Or is it, again, like a more industrialized port and so your best bet was an excursion? It was actually worse than Kiel in that respect. So Stockholm actually has a port very close by, but Disney was not at that port. Something really cool I'd never seen before was the um, gangway slash pier 
was motorized from the shore and moved over. So it was a floating motorized thing that came over. But this is a full industrial ferry port 60 kilometers away from, from Stockholm. There were maybe two hotels and a cafe. Uh, I forget the name of the town. Kelly, do you remember? Nineshim, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so nothing of no. In fact, you had to walk through parking and the ferry parking to get to even the closest like hotel. Yeah. So so you're basically at the mercy of a shore excursion for that port, it sounds like. Well, you get out of uh, Stockholm. Uh, <laughs> what's your next port? Uh, we went to Fredericia, Denmark. And I think this port is close to um, Legoland, which may be an option in the future. Because what we did was not exciting. <laughs> it was a port adventure. But... Uh, I must say that the welcome and the send-off by the people of Fredericia was amazing. I think we were the first cruise ship and the, f- the first time the dream ever went there. And when we left, there were like easily a thousand people waving goodbye and there was a band and it was a party atmosphere. It felt like the whole town came out. out. And actually, uh, Brian, I can ask you this question. Have you ever been greeted by a cannon? <laughs> no, I don't think I ever want to be on the business end of a cannon, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> we were greeted by a cannon greeting coming into town. And this was a town, honestly, I wish we had just walked around. It was beautiful. Everything was walkable. Um, we picked a, a, a short excursion that sounded fun. The description definitely didn't line up to what it actually was. Uh, and so this one, we actually had the most on your own time. And we were in a town where everything was closed because it was a Sunday when we did the excursion. So we drove about 60 minutes away. The only thing open was the museum we went to. Everything else was closed except the church, which was um, right there. So we got 90 minutes of on your own time to tour this museum. And it was a cute little town I would have loved to tour. But in Europe, pretty much everything is closed on Sunday. Mm. And that was a Sunday. Well, that's, that's frustrating. Did you hear about any shore excursions that people were like, oh, I loved it? Because Kelly, I think, prefaced it with, this was a boring, boring shore excursion. <laughs> so did anyone come back on board that you talked to that were like, oh, we love this shore excursion? Because like, Legoland seems like a stretch for Disney to do because then they'd be supporting another theme park property, uh, which seems a little out of character for them. But I'm curious if anyone had, if you heard about any shore excursions that people really liked. So we did. And actually, it's funny that you say Legoland is a stretch because the next cruise, the longer cruise that went to Fredericia, they did offer Legoland as an excursion. Oh, interesting. But we went into town later and left earlier, so there wasn't enough time to get to Legoland for Disney's liking. Some people, actually a lot of people came back with Lego bags. They, they got themselves to Legoland. Uh, there was a group that actually chartered a bus and took it to Legoland themselves. So chartered their own bus, about 40 or 50 people. Honestly, people that said they had the best time stayed in town. A lot of folks loved Fredericia and just... Uh, kind of farmer's market that was there, the local crafts, and uh, a lot of stuff there. And then most of the other excursions were around, yeah, here's a private car, we'll drive you uh, places. Uh, I, there were a couple of people that went on this uh, little boat that had things from Hans Christian Andersen uh, that commented that it was really, really fun. 
Anything else to add about this particular port stop or are we ready to move on to the next one? I guess the only other thing I'll say is this was the first port I've ever seen Disney not be ready for everybody to get back on board. Oh, that's right. You sent us some interesting photos of a huge line backed up at about five minutes before the ship was due to depart. So yes, I remember you saying this port was just not ready for the crowd that Disney brought. Yeah. Was this a, was, this was a, were all of these ports that you stopped at ports with piers and that you docked the ship or were they were there any tender ports all had piers and this definitely had a pier but every shore excursion bus came back within about 10 minutes of each other so they didn't coordinate yeah so they didn't coordinate well the timing and then probably didn't have enough like port staff to deal with the number of people one follow-up question on that do you feel like you know, these ports in general, were they ready for a, a ship the size of the dream? Because previously, obviously, the magic had been in Europe. And I, I imagine, I don't know for sure, but I imagine that the magic had been to several of these ports, if not all of them before. It, do you know, one, if that's the case? And then two, if it was really just an issue of, you know, 2,500 passengers versus 4,000 passengers, it, that's a pretty big increase in numbers. And they just weren't sort of ready for that. I'll say for me, it was the number of people, right? The magic had definitely been there to most of them. And so they just weren't ready for the, the doubling. or not quite doubling, but the large increase in size. And that's why Disney had to use the part port further away from Stockholm as well, because the close-in port can't handle a ship the size of the dream. So, so trade-offs, right? The, the dream has a lot more to do, but the ports in Northern Europe just aren't used to the really larger ships like that with 3,000 passengers. It's interesting because the Norway sailing we went on, we stopped at two ports, two small towns. You know, one of them, I think we were quadrupling the size of the town overnight and we weren't the only ship there. We were anchored off. Actually, we got to dock and there was a, oh, I'm forgetting the name of the cruise line. They have the smiling lips on the front of their their ships, but it's an Italian cruise line. And they were, you know, docked out in the harbor and tendering folks in. But that port, it seemed like a smooth operation there. They were like ready to go. There are plenty of shore excursions. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's interesting. I don't know why, you know, some of these smaller ports in some places seem less able to accommodate the ships and yet some others seem able to. I mean, we've heard about small ports in Canada that had to muster every school bus in town and shut school down for the day because Disney Cruise Line <laughs> showed up in town. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting the infrastructure of some of these uh, ports and what they're able to handle. But anyway, well, what's your next port of call on this cruise then? Uh, the last one was Oslo and we docked white in Oslo next to Akahus, the fortress. And it was amazing just how everything is so close to that part. I'm not sure if it's going to continue docking there. But Oslo is an, was an amazing part that I don't think you needed an excursion um, because everything was right there. Although we didn't need an excursion, the funny thing was we had one booked and we canceled day of because... It was the worst weather in a hundred years. And no joke, they said in a hundred years, we're getting more wind and rain. We got lucky that the morning was beautiful. And so we got off the ship. We walked over. We got my Starbucks mugs. In fact, we got some for other people on the ship as well uh, while we were off. Then we walked up to the palace of Akrahus. And if you know Kelly, she loved palaces. So that's what we did. It is also, uh, if you recognize the name, and if you're a Disney fan, you may, it is the palace that the restaurant in the Norway Pavilion got its name from. Uh, so that is Akerhus, the real Akerhus. 
The one where you can have a dinner with the princesses. Correct. Yeah. We've eaten there one time uh, years ago. It was actually like, I think Nathan's first trip to Disney World and we ended up eating there. I did not, I will tell you, I did not really enjoy the food there, but it, the good princess interaction. So, but good to know it's actually named after a real place. I love it. <laughs> so what happened with your excursion and what happened with the rest of the day? So uh, we canceled before they actually offered to let everybody cancel. So our excursion we were supposed to take, uh, Kelly can probably correct me here, was supposed to go up to the ski jumping area. And then we were supposed to take a boat tour of, you know, kind of land and sea view of Stockholm. Being on a boat when the winds are blowing 50 miles an hour did not sound very good to me. So we self-canceled and they said, well, there'll be no refund. Turns out when, if we had gone into the Walt Disney Theater and sat and waited, they let people cancel because they were already having to start skipping. In the end, we got a 50% refund, which I think was very generous of Disney to just give 50% because about half of the excursion was canceled for everybody. They weren't able to do the boating portion of the excursion. And so they gave... um, 50% 50% back. And I think we had more fun than we would have had up on the excursion in the rain. Yes, I would say so. Uh, I saw some of the pictures that you sent. <laughs> that looked like a major storm rolling through. So uh, glad you all elected to stay on the ship uh, for the afternoon. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode well let's shift gears for a second we can't cover everything that you did on board the ship while you were sailing uh but now that we've kind of finished up with the ports and the excursions that you did uh would love to hear some of the highlights from on board the ship anything that you got up to that was particularly interesting on the uh on the dream we haven't been on the dream in gosh, over a year now. So uh, anything interesting happen? And did they do a pirate night or a frozen night on this sailing? So I'll let Kelly answer a few of the things, but one thing she didn't get to go to was in answer to a question, there was no frozen or pirate night. Couldn't do fireworks in the um, Northern Europe. They just don't do them. They also didn't do a frozen night, which was a first, I think, for them in Northern Europe. They added a deck party called Color Spin, and it was just added like the week before we went. Um, and uh, we ran into an entertainment team name member. Her name is Bailey. Uh, we met her on the Wish. We've seen her a bunch. And so when we walked on board, she just she big, huge smile, gave us a hug, and she said, "You have to go to Color Spin." Uh, it was ten o'clock at night, so only one of the two kids lasted. Which, funny enough, is our youngest made it until then. 
And uh, I went up to Color Spend while Kelly stayed with uh, with Ellie, and it turned out to be. I'm going to tell you that actually does not surprise me. Knowing Ellie and Emma, it does not surprise me that Emma was the one who actually made it up late. <laughs> Ellie locks her sleep, and so does Kelly. So they 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 slept. Emma and I went up to Color Spend. She lasted about half of it. It was a cute party with all of the Fab Five plus a few other characters. And the premise is that there is a color wheel that spins to music of the 80s and 90s. And as the wheel hits a color, it determines what character pops out. You're not supposed to know who it is, and it's quote-unquote random. It's the same order. But the characters come out and dance to their favorite song. Is the, is the premise. So it's really cute. Uh, deck party I'd never seen before. So it's, it's good to see Disney doing something unique. Since you're a Donald fan, I got to know what song did Donald dance to? I missed Donald, which really kind of upset oh, me. Oh, man. I got tired and I had to go downstairs. I saw Del- Donald come out to, with everybody. Few, and they were only little clips. They were only like 10 seconds. So I couldn't pick all the songs out. Uh, but I'm going to have to go back and watch the video now and figure out what Donald did. Because he is my favorite. Yeah, I would, be, I would just be curious. I would be curious. Wasn't there a song in the 80s that was like a uh, duck theme, Sam, or something? There was a whole movie about Howard the Duck. I feel like he had a song in there. There was Howard the Duck and there was a song, Howard the Duck. Yes. Yeah. The Maybe theme song Donald for Dan the movie. Did. Yeah, I Maybe doubt it. Because it's about a different duck, not the number one duck, Donald. Yeah. Kelly, why don't you tell us some of the things you all got up to uh, that you thought were particularly memorable or enjoyable on the dream? So there was only one day that we went to the pool because it was cold and it was a lot colder than I thought it would be. It was high of 70 the whole time and it was more like 50, 60 degrees every day. And that's not swimming weather. And for living in Florida, it was too cold to go swimming. Um, And we did not bring the proper clothing (laughs) because half of our clothes were tank tops and shirts and we had to do laundry quite a bit. I think uh, one of the favorites for the kids was um, Bimini Bobbity, but you had a little tip there, right? Um, So I bought dresses from a store called Janie and Jack. They had a little mermaid inspired line and it went on sale. So it ended up costing less than a dress from Bibbidi Bobbidi and hopefully they will wear it again. But they looked beautiful. They danced with Donald and took pictures with Minnie. Yeah. I mean, Brian, my favorite moment right then was uh, Donald just walked up in his evening best, right? It was formal night. So we were right outside Bibbidi Bobbidi and Donald walked up and we got some family pictures there. And then the girls, um, I mean, they always have fun getting their, themselves dressed up. But what we've realized, because we've done it a few times, and Kelly's tip there is getting the dresses on board is very expensive. And so it we, also can be limited in their sizes, too. As I've heard from folks, particularly if you have older or younger children, meaning like very young or, you know, or maybe like 10 and up or a larger child or sm- larger or smaller child. Yeah, they can run out of sizes um, or their biggest size that might not fit your your little princess. And so being prepared with a dress from home, whether it's a princess one that you've bought from, you know, Shop Disney or from someplace else, or I loved your the Janie and Jack dresses. I'm sh- we will definitely use those pictures, I think, to uh, showcase this show because they're just super cute. And they are, as you said, Little Mermaid inspired um, or Little Mermaid themed. And so while they're not quite princess dresses in the sense of what you see coming out of Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo, boutique, 
Um, they are, I would say, prettier and probably better quality than what you get from Bibbidi Bobbidi, and certainly more reasonable from a cost perspective. So I think that's an excellent tip. Um, and something to remember if you know you have a princess who is going to want to address at their Bibbidi Bobbidi boutique appointment. And then we did Polo twice. Um, we did we did brunch on the first C day, and we did dinner on the second C day, which was my birthday. Um, <laughs> nice. And one of the two, I don't think we had booked to start, but then we we got it after. Oh, we did both. We booked both beforehand, and we had Eugene. Yeah, Eugene from Hung- no Hung- Romania. Romania. Yeah. Um, not Halloween. Flynn. Not Flynn Ryder. No, 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 that would have been even better. <laughs> um, but a funny moment: we walked up, uh, and this happens, you know, to all of us. I think when we get on the ship, if you've been on a bit, and the manager looks at us and goes, "Craig and Kelly, how are you?" One of our favorite uh, servers was had stepped up and was the the manager, and her husband was actually our second server ever on Disney, and so he's known us since our kids were like two. Um, so he came over uh, later and we got to see him. Actually, we saw him uh, on embarkation day. So, you know, that's one of the things we always love is we built some lifelong memories and friends on board and they just surprised us. And so uh, another great reason to go to Paolo was just seeing them. Uh, and who doesn't want birthday dinner at uh, Paolo? Did it live up to uh, expectations and how was the food overall in the uh, the voyage? Um, at first, it was hard to get food for the kids because they live off of chicken tenders and pizza and the pizza tastes different in Europe and the chicken tenders had peppercorn on them and our kids are way too picky to try anything else. We heard a lot of times when asking questions, yeah, we haven't had that since we were we went up to Southampton. Uh, weird things like they had no lemonade on board, right? Ellie loves lemonade. They had no lemonade. And, and so when we asked, they said, yeah, we actually haven't had that since when we were in the med about three cruises ago. And then all of a sudden it popped up in uh, cabanas, but they didn't have it in the main dining room. So it's just different provisioning, I'm guessing, like in Europe. So they they have to, they don't get their normal provisioner from, you know, that they have in Port Canaveral or in Miami or wherever, wherever else in the United States. They've got to get a different provisioner, probably somewhere in the UK or somewhere elsewhere in Europe, prob- probably several places in Europe throughout their uh, European season. It makes sense that the chicken fingers would be different. You know, we found when we were in um, Norway, I found at least that iced tea was not available on board. Oh. And remember, they had no beer on board at the start yeah, they of the sailing. Run, they ran out of beer. That's no right. Be- they ran well, out they, of- sorry, they didn't run out of beer. They ran out of beer on pegs, tap. Beer pegs. on tap. Yeah, they had bottled so they had beer. Bottled had, beer. Yeah, but they, yeah. They, they, the the excuse they gave was we just didn't realize we'd have such a heavy beer drinking crowd. And I'm like, <laughs> you're going out of the UK for God's sake! Like, of course you're going to have a heavy beer drinking crowd. But yeah, it seems like provisioning in Europe is a difficult thing for them. Did you have problems with the onboard? Merch. This was a 25th anniversary sailing uh, of all things. And so how was the onboard merch situation? Because if it's like the food situation, I'm guessing it was slim pickings. Not only was it slim pickings. Well, actually, I'll take a step back. The first night was awful. You couldn't even get in the shops. The lines were ridiculous. Everybody wanted it for 25th anniversary stuff. But the funniest thing was, Brian, you were looking for something on the wish. And I found it on the dream, right? They had the polos, but most of the other stuff they didn't have. And they had polos in large and extra large, but not small and medium. 
And I think you said they had small and medium on the wish, but no large and extra large. Correct. And large and extra large, let's be honest, large and extra large fit more people than small and medium for for most American men. Um, and that's what the polo shirts market is. They are, it's a Nike polo shirt. It is not a women's polo. It is clearly, in, I should say, intended to be. Women can wear it, but it's intended to be a men's polo. So yeah, I think it's really interesting that they had completely opposite stuff. And what you started to say, and what, what Kelly, what were you looking Looking for, or what did you find or not find? You literally found nothing, right? Like the, I found nothing. The Europe season stuff had been picked over, and there really wasn't anything left. And most of the 25th anniversary was gone. Right? Um, we weren't trying to get the speaker, but they actually didn't have them on our sailing anyway. Uh, they had run out before then, and so it was. It was definitely a story of we don't have a lot of the stuff that you would expect because it didn't get here. But I found what I wanted, so I got I got the polo I wanted, and that made me happy. And, and you didn't want to buy it at first. Oh yeah, that, that's true. Kelly convinced me to buy it, and then Brian made me buy two more and <laughs> get them back from Europe. But that's okay. Let's be let's be honest. You just wanted to make sure that on our next sailing, that you and Brian would match, Craig, because we are going to be by the time this episode airs, we will probably have already been on the sailing with you all, and you might have been and on Brian, two. Might have been on <laughs> two. <laughs> And you and Brian can match in your 25th anniversary polos. You can be twinsies. Did you wear this polo on purpose? I I didn't. The funny part is, so yes, we probably will wear them and be twins. I didn't even think about the fact that I'm wearing my Wish Maiden polo (laughs) right now. Uh, Right, which is one Brian has as well. Yes. Brian did not wear it today. A little disappointed that we didn't mentally align. Wearing my my Riviera pullover. Oh, I like it. Um, but yeah, that that's truthfully the reason Kelly said I had to get it to match Brian uh, later. Oh, I actually don't have that polo. I no, don't not think. this one, the twenty fifth one. She made me get. Oh the- yes, 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 yes. Any highlights that we missed before I? I have one more question to round us out before I hand you over to Sam, or I say subject you to Sam's rapid fire round. But uh, any highlights off this cruise that you want to be sure to share that we missed? Well, Ellie would be upset if we didn't say she won bingo. This is true. We do love actually, bingo. Technically, she couldn't win bingo, Craig, or else you're going to have to give that money back to Disney Cruise Line. Only adults yes. over the age of 18 can win bingo. But Ellie played the bingo game and you collected the prize money, I take it. Uh, yeah, but how many people won that game, Kelly? 10. 11. I took a note just to remind myself. So you collected the $5 onboard credit? <laughs> uh, yes, it, it paid $5 of the $80 that bingo was. But yeah, I mean, That's Ellie, hilarious. Uh, Ellie had to play which we really try not to have her play because she's really upset if she doesn't win. <laughs> Do not introduce her to gambling. Oh my God, that is, is going to be a, that is gonna be yes. a life of heartbreak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think that was the other, other highlight. Everything else was normal, except I will say that some kind of bug, and they wouldn't say what, hit a lot of the crew towards the end of the cruise. And so we noticed our you know, serving team change in a little bit and a few things happen. Uh, not unexpected, uh, but it definitely hit the crew towards the end, like night five, night six. No, oh, that's too bad. I, I hate to hear that because that uh, crew safety is important and it's terrible when they're all sick. And I hate to see that because also uh, we learned that, you know, unless it's COVID, I think Mickey only gives them a night off. So, so that's rough. And uh, yeah, and then it impacts passenger safety too if they're 
running around spreading stuff around. So um, it sorry. It wasn't to hear COVID, it. so they were all back the next day. You're right, <laughs> but uh, a lot of folks had a rough, uh, rough night, which we we feel for too. I mean, the staff are some of our favorite people on board, so we hate to say I'm sick. You know, one thing I forgot to add, you mentioned the weather conditions in one of the ports and sort of the weather conditions overall. How are the sea conditions? Was it a rocky cruise for you all? Except for the Oslo day, it was the most amazing still water. Yeah. It was like a lake. I think on the Baltic side, it was so still. I, I commented one day, I don't think I even feel the ship move at all in the Baltic. Like we didn't feel anything. Now, coming out of Oslo, there were a lot of people going for the Dramamine. Let's just put it that way. But everything else was great. You know it's bad when they put the um, sanitary bags in the restrooms. That's when right, Disney when they're Cruise everywhere. Line yeah, is anticipating yeah. A, a bit of uh, upset uh, on board. So, yeah. And by sanitary bags, Brian means barf bags, everyone. Uh, I was trying to be nice. I was trying to be nice, yeah. <laughs> they were out that night. Um, we don't usually have a problem. It wasn't as bad as the worst night we've ever had, which was actually out of Seattle going to Alaska through the Straits. And that was, that was, that rolled us out of our bed. But um, no, it wasn't too bad. And uh, I think everybody was fine. People commented how nice and smooth it was. So let me ask this. This is my last question for you all, which is just, would you recommend this cruise to others? You, you mentioned at the front that, you know, look, you've done a med cruise. You were hoping for a lengthier cruise. Uh, it sounds like some of the shore excursions, you know, good, but maybe disappointed a little bit from kind of not having enough free time to explore some of these amazing cities you were going to. So, you know, if faced with the choice of doing this cruise or another cruise, would you choose this one again or recommend it to others? I would do it differently, but I don't think it would be my top choice. The cities were amazing. And I think Stockholm and Oslo were beautiful cities I wanted to see more of, but I'd do the 10 night, which was the one right after ours, which hit all of the same ports, but spent more time in the ports and then ended in Southampton. So where we had leave Oslo at four or three. I think it was like two or three. Yeah, they stayed in until seven or eight. I think that's the the thing I missed the most on this uh, cruise was just the shortened days in port. Didn't give us enough time to really experience the areas. I would go to the cities again, for sure. But I think the 10 night that they offered was uh, what we would do instead. That is totally fair. Well, Kelly, you mentioned you'd do something differently the next time around if you did it. What what would you have done differently? I think I would go on my own. I would... In the ports? In the ports. I think I... They, I thought you meant you'd leave Craig and the kids at I mean, home no, completely. I mean, I was, which I, I have, kind of understand. I have, that, I have that dream every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... I want, I think this is why I want to go on an adventures by Disney to really experience the ports. And I feel like a cruise is like a sampler, but this was too small of a sample. So sort of whet your appetite, but now you want to go back and really experience these cities. Yeah. So yeah, Adventures by Disney might be a great way to do it. Um, you know, certainly maybe it sounds like doing some of your own shore excursions might have worked out better. Although it, it also seems like the thing I liked about Norway we were in port for such a lengthy amount of time that if we wanted to do a Disney excursion and then explore on our own, we could. This actually sounds the opposite of that. You were kind of in port the normal amount of time. You might get in the Caribbean or something like that. And in those ports, you know, it's a beach day and then back on board, like the ship is still the center of attention in those ports. And um, so it sounds like maybe some of those 
shorter port times really did not work in Disney's favor for this itinerary. Well, Oslo is the great example because we got in at seven or eight. I think we ended up getting in a little bit late because of the weather. So we got in around 8.30 and we were out by three, right? And all the time to get everybody off and everything else, you really only had five, five and a half hours in a port where we could have spent five hours walking just the city. The next cruise had 10 hours there. So I think that was what was missing for us. I guess the other thing, I wouldn't fly all the way to Copenhagen for this particular itinerary. We just, there just wasn't enough time everywhere. And in the future, we will make sure that getting to the embarkation city is easy to get to. For us, Copenhagen was not easy to get to. No, no, not (laughs) enough. Yeah, I think uh, the other tip is look at the flights before you book the cruise, right? Figure out the schedule to get there. Because we ended up flying to Detroit and spending two days with friends just so it was easier to get to Copenhagen. Uh, There was no good way. Uh, we actually had somebody on our cruise get stuck in Miami. They had booked with an airline and the f- plane that they were supposed to fly hit, uh, taxiing out, hit a fuel truck and they didn't have a spare plane. And this person ended up meeting the cruise three days in. I think I would have, I think I would have seen if Disney would have given me an ability to move that sailing as opposed to cutting the cruise that short. That's so, oh, that is not a great choice to make. Hopefully they had travel insurance. Uh, I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Wow. Or hopefully the airline compensated them for, you know, a portion of their cruise fare, right? Because if you miss three days, right? So then three-sevenths of the cruise, in my opinion, they should cover. Yeah. It sounds like an interesting cruise. This is the first time I might recap the cruise. Is not like, sounds like an amazing cruise. It sounded like <laughs> yeah. an interesting cruise. Uh, it sounds, it sounds a learning experience. Learning experience. It sounds, it sounds like, it almost sounds like Disney may have bit off more than they can chew on this itinerary a little bit, which uh, certainly didn't then help in the ports themselves. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, always fun to visit visit Europe. Always fun to be on any, any day on board a Disney ship is better than a day at work, in my opinion. So that's, uh, that's also certainly the case here, hopefully. Yes. Oh, yeah. But Sam, I think we've reached that point in the show where I need to uh, subject Craig and Kelly to your arbitrary questions, arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment of the round we know as rapid fire. So Sam, take it away. So Craig and Kelly, you guys have never played rapid fire before. You have been on the show, I want to say, once before. Um, very briefly, however, in fact, Ellie and Emma were featured more prominently on that show than you all were. We did kind of a, an abbreviated rapid fire with them. But you do have an advantage here because you know me really well. And so you know what I want to hear. But I want to tell you, even though you know what I'm what I want to hear, I don't want you to tailor your answers to what I want to hear. I want you to play as if you don't know me like you do. Okay. You know, it's going to be hard not to craft our answers to you, Sam, because we it's just going to be natural. We're going to think, oh, right. So we'll, we'll try. All right. Just try. Okay. Let's start with your favorite Disney characters. First, let's start with Kelly. Who is your favorite Disney character? And when I say Disney, I mean anything in the Disney IP universe. I don't know if I can say I have a specific one. I love Dumbo because he's cute. I love Baymax because he's such a good friend. I, I'm a little in shock here because for me, it's instant. Like I, I yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. Let's listen. See, let's see if we can get it right. Ready? One, two, three. Donald. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is true. Donald is the first one. Do you know what the second one is? And and 
I'll, I'll give you a hint. Nobody can see it, but I'll, I'll give these two a little hint because he sits on my desk. Oh, Pro- project uh, four two. No, wait, what is six it? Two, six. Six, six two six. Six two six. Project yeah. six two six. He sits on my desk every day. But yeah, Stitch is my other. Uh, I, I just remember that movie when I was a kid. So uh, I'm younger, <laughs> not a kid. So I'm in college. Right. I still nice. I think you're 25. <laughs> Let's keep it there. And one of my best friends uh, introduced me to Stitch. But uh, Donald has always been my favorite. It's not just because I know Brian and knew what he wanted. Donald <laughs> has always been fit. Nice. All right. Favorite Disney movie. Craig, we're going to start with you for this question. Ooh, see, it could be the whole Disney universe, right? Correct. The whole Disney yeah. universe. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Is yeah, that's a great movie. Right um, it's a great movie. What you also can't see is there are seven lightsabers on my wall. <laughs> I might be a little bit jealous of Sam and Brian for getting to go on Galaxy Star Cruiser when I live 10 minutes away and haven't been able to. Uh, I, I'm gonna, sorry. It's okay. I'll live through you. No, that's a, that's a sorry, not sorry for me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelly, what is your favorite Disney movie? Uh, it is Coco. Nice. So you must be super excited about the recent announcement of Plaza de Coco on the Disney Treasure. Yes. I'm hoping it has chips and salsa on the table. And yes. I'm excited for the music. I love Mexican food. So the world does you know, revolve around food. It does. Absolutely. Yes. I'm, I'm with you on the I'm with you on the chips and salsa instead of a bread bowl. Absolutely. Or bread basket, I should say. All right. Favorite Disney song? Kelly, we're starting with you on this one. Oh, I think it might be the Carried Me song from Onward. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. That's, that's a good favorite. pick. All right, Craig, I totally what's your favorite? Onward was there. Uh, you will laugh, but it's How Far I'll Go from Moana. Oh, I love that song. That's such a good one. All right. Favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show. You knew I was going to be going there. Craig, what's your favorite? Oh, it's definitely not Aladdin. Let's go there. <laughs> Can we just say not Aladdin? It really is. Sees the adventure. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's a good one. It's so good. And it's so nice and short. It's like really a, the perfect length with some really good musical numbers. I think that's a great answer. And, and right. Emily said it's her favorite. Um, the other reason I like it, to your point, is the kids can actually sit through it without struggle. Yes, absolutely. Kelly, what's your favorite? I love Golden Mickey's and Frozen and Beauty and the Beast. Okay. So, Kelly, what is your favorite adult bar space on any of the Disney ships? Because you've been on all of them. I think it would be the Rose on the Wish. Though with the kids, I have not spent much time in bar space. Or what's the one on the Wonder? Oh, the tr- the French, not French Quarter. Is it the French Quarter Lounge? It's French Quarter Lounge, yeah. right? On the Wonder, yeah. 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 Uh, replace the Promenade. Yes. Yeah. So I have the Lowe's and the French Quarter. Nice. All right. What about you, Craig? Well, she stole my French Quarter Lounge because we. I remember walking in there the first time I think we're the second cruise after the the refurbishment when the, the trolley car was there. And I just love the look. And she also stole my rose. So now I'm really stuck. Um, I would have to say it's the rose, but I really, really want to be in the new 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea pub on the yeah. treasure. I think that'll be a new favorite. 
Awesome. All right. Favorite rotational dining. Craig, let's start with you. It will have to be animators on drawing night. Very nice. (laughs) What about you, Kelly? If it's the show or the environment, I love Arendelle because I love the music, but it's not my favorite food. I like either 1923 or Royal Kirk Royal Palace. Arendelle is too noisy for me. Right? It's just, it, I love it, but it's just so loud. But I get what you mean, Kelly, because I do think I like the show in certain dining rooms better than others, but I like the food better in different ones. So it's, it is a hard call there. All right. What is a favorite onboard activity on a sea day? Craig, let's start with you. Midship's deductive, and it has to beat out uh, Uncharted Adventure because I have yet to have a time when one of our devices hasn't failed. All right, Kelly, what about you? I love playing bingo. Yeah, that's a great one. All right, favorite sweet and favorite savory food items on board. Let's start with the sweet items. Kelly, let's start with you for this one. Meet the lemon icebox cake. Oh, yeah, and animators. Yeah, Yeah, lemon icebox pie. Yeah, and animators. From animators. Awesome. All right, you. what about you, Craig? Uh, The... Carrot cake on embarkation day, but I love carrot cake. So that's why. You know, and there's like three or four different carrot cakes on board. And I feel like people tend to love, well, some some people love all of them. I love that, you know, embarkation day Oreo cheesecake. All right. But let's talk savory foods because that's my jam. Craig, what's your favorite onboard savory food? If I'm in main dining room, it's the filet in 1923. Nice. What about you, Kelly? It is the chicken parmesan and Paolo. Oh, yes. You can't go wrong. Okay. Very important question here. Aqua dunk, aqua duck, aqua mouse. Choose only one. Kelly. Aqua duck. I will also say aqua duck and admit that I have never done the aqua dunk. Yeah, I haven't done it either. (gasps) Oh, wow, you guys. We've only been on the magic twice. Next time we're on the magic, Brian, we'll be with you. Uh, and you will make me go on the aqueduct. Oh, well, I, I won't force anyone onto the aqueduct. I'll just tell you that once you go, you'll want to go again. <laughs> I will also tell you that I did go on the aqueduct again. I only went on it once in Norway or on the Norway cruise. And I went on it once this recent cruise um, because I just needed to remind myself of why I don't like aqueduct. <laughs> All right. Now the next most important question, favorite ship. You got to tell me which one is your very favorite, Craig. Uh, It's the wonder because I always think I'll always love my first ship. Yeah. What about you, Kelly? Um, I usually say whichever ship I'm on, but probably the wish. Oh, wow. Yeah. The wish is pretty great. So you will probably be very excited about the treasure for a number of reasons. Yes, seven days instead of three. Exactly. All right. So my last question is bucket list cruise. If you can go anywhere in the world on a Disney cruise, where are you going? Kelly. Iceland and Norway. Awesome. What about you, Craig? I wish that Disney went down towards the Antarctic and that I would do that. It's one of the few areas I haven't been in the world. Awesome. Well, thanks for playing, you guys. Um, 
I should ask you as we or as Brian likes to ask at the very end of rapid fire or at the end of the show, what's next? But I'm going to tell the audience I already know what's <laughs> next. You are going to be sailing with us in October. By the time this this show comes out, you will probably already have sailed with us. But are you guys like trying to plan another sailing even before that? Is that what I was hearing at the beginning of the show? You might be going like we're in the beginning of, of September. Are you trying to go mid-September? I mean, we were just on the wish like two weeks ago. And now we might be on the wish again in just about two weeks. Um, Kelly's just you know, randomly texts me and says, uh, do you want to go on board? In fact, we almost met you in Miami. So you never know where we're going to be. I get random texts. <laughs> Can't we just go tomorrow? Yes, we may go in two weeks. If not, we're going in October with you. Well, we don't have school on Friday and they go to school on Monday morning. You know, we have the luxury of being an hour away and we do walk off and they have school at 9.30 and they're there dressed and ready to go. Yeah. Well, other than the fact that you have to live in Florida to, in the blistering heat in the summer <laughs> in order to live and sail like you all do, uh, it sounds great. So <laughs> if you don't notice, we're not in Florida during the summer. <laughs> So Kelly, we know you are a fabulous travel agent with our fabulous show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. Do you want to let folks know how they can find you if they'd like to book their next Disney vacation? Oh, thank you so much. Um, I uh, have been selling cruises and Disney vacations. And you can reach me at kelly at mypathunwinding.com. I'm happy to help uh, share my experience and guide you through a wonderful vacation. Amazing. And I feel like you guys have a blog or something that might be coming out soon. Egg? Yeah, we're working on our Substack and, you know, occasionally on Twitter with the uh, cruising DCL family. It makes sense, right? Uh, even though we don't just cruise DCL. So, you know, I don't, it's not like it's going to be a business, but it's kind of fun to share our thoughts and, and what we're learning as we cruise. Amazing. Nice. Well, I just want to thank you both for taking time out of your busy lives because I know, Craig, you travel constantly and uh, two kids at home does not make for a lot of free time. So just thank you for taking time out of your busy lives to come share your experience on your fabulous Northern European sailing with all of our listeners out there. Thank you so much. Thank you. A big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. 
show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.